Welcome everybody to another episode of Kev's Perspective. I'm your host Kev Lowe and again I want to thank everybody for tuning in every single Monday. I greatly appreciate every single listener that I have. By no means is this podcast popping but the viewership has been going up and I really really greatly appreciate it. I work extremely hard every week to bring you guys the best content that I can with the most quality conversations whether it be about the music industry, whether it be about you know business, doesn't really matter. I greatly appreciate you guys tuning in from all walks of life and this week I had my guy Jake Giller on. Jake Giller is a local artist from Minnesota, but I had him on because he's not just like any local artist. He is from this basically wave called Water Wave TV. It's a clique of guys that really are working so hard in Minnesota. Um, If you guys don't know Water Wave TV, go check them out. They're super, super lit. They have a lot of good music, a lot of youngsters, but also a lot of cool merch, a lot of cool ideas coming out of that camp. Uh, Jake himself is associated and he's come out with 55 plus tracks and he's constantly releasing music. He's coming out with this uh, new single here that came out with called Ring Ring, but got the music video coming soon and a lot of big people respect Jake Giller in Minnesota. So again, without further ado, welcome my guest, Jake Giller. Cheer. Jake Giller. What's up, man? <laughs> hey, what's good, bro? How you been? I'm chilling, bro. You know what I'm saying? Living, trying to adjust to this whole new life we got going on still. I feel Quarantine you. really. Quarantine trash. Yeah, I mean, it's good for artists to, like, use this time to, like, just record, record, record. It's really kind of, I think it's weeding out the fakes, in my opinion. Um, It's really, like, showing who can work and showing who can't. You know what I mean? And then yeah, those yeah. who don't take this time to improve upon themselves, you, like, you know, you get yeah, that. Yeah, bro that crazy i totally feel you yeah on that i mean it definitely is weeding out who's in it and who's not like definitely gives more time for recording and honestly just gives you more time to like perfect your craft yeah like even before quarantine i was trying to hammer song through song through song but like this time it's taught me to like okay now i have more time to record what i want to do for this track and now let me go back without feeling rushed and really perfect this to where i, I really believe it's it's what it can be yeah, no, that's 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 the type of mindset that you need to have being an artist. And like, you know, um, before we get into it, I always like to introduce my guest. So sorry, we, me, me and Jake could talk for a while. Uh, so again, this is Jake Giller, everybody. Uh, if you don't know Jake Giller, um, if you're from Minnesota, you probably know Jake Giller, uh, very associated with a big wave called Water Wave TV. I call you guys a big wave because... You know, how I met you two, you and Eric both came, uh, yeah, show, show that logo. Um, <laughs> me, me and Eric and you met at the same time. We all met at my show. Uh, I forgot what show you opened for the first show, though. Do you remember? Because I don't. Was it Mercules? No, it was, uh, so the first show I technically was, that I was technically on the bill was, uh, Riff Raff. So that's where I first met with Eric. Yep. Yeah. And so when Giller came up, he introduced himself. And that's very unlike artists, like most artists. And this is kind of sad, but most artists don't have that business acumen is what I call it. They don't have that that mindset. You know what I mean? Simply put, they don't think they should introduce themselves to the promoter. They just think the promoter is there to basically eat their money, which is not true. And him and Eric were super respectful, good vibes right away. And I heard good things from you before I even booked you. So before I booked you, I was talking to my friend Ashley Richter and she, when we and her were kind of chit-chatting and then she was like, yo, have you heard of this guy named Jake Giller? 
And that's when I was like, okay, so the same time you inquired is the same time Ashley happened to bring you up. And she isn't, she, I'll be honest, I love Ashley, but she don't know shit about the local scene. So the fact that like yeah. she brings up Jake Giller, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna check this guy out because that takes a lot for her to bring up an artist because she knows it's yeah. my field. So when she brought it up, um, you know, I, I looked into you and I looked into your performance. I looked into the energy. I looked into anything I could, bro. You had everything that like a lot of promoters want. And then I said, okay, let's test him. Let's see what kind of business he got. Let's see if he comes collect with the, with the, with the show. And uh, you definitely did. You and Eric came through. And I feel bad for Eric because he came late. And I remember it was when I was like, I'm doors. So I'm like the gatekeeper. Yeah. And I was like, who are you? And I, you were not, he wasn't on the guest <laughs> list. He wasn't on nothing. So I was like, I don't care. Turn around. And then like, I was such an asshole to Eric. And then he was like, bro, I'm here to shoot for Jake Giller. Then you came up and got him. And I was like, okay, yeah. like I'll, I'll deal. <laughs> but like, I just felt bad because his first impression of me was like, wow, what a fucking jackass. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, on his, in, on his end, I mean, I feel like people like managers and shit, like if they come late, like they're, they're going to, have to deal with that sometimes people aren't going to know right. you people that are like at the door making sure everything's correct they're not going to necessarily know who you are especially as a local artist right now you're not going to know who my manager is off the bat so i mean i mean i'll be real like i'll be real clm doesn't give a fuck about your manager unless you're some yeah. someone big like the only manager we've really cared about are people when we book like mac irv or someone like that yep. we're like okay i can give respect to the manager but let's be real on a local level you really don't need a manager. I mean, I'm just being honest. You and Eric are more like yeah. partners in crime is how I would, I would describe it. Because I did some research before this podcast like I normally do. On the Twin City Tone podcast, you were talking about how like, you know, you and Eric and all these other people kind of started together. Like, you know what I mean? Y'all just kind of like had the idea in the room and you're like, we're going to do this as a crew. And that's why yeah. I don't think he's a, re he's like, you manage yourself, but I think Eric also looks out for you. And that's what managers yeah. are supposed to do. And I think that's a healthy relationship to have. And it's honestly like, lucky i yeah, managed I, mean, I managed a couple artists bro and it didn't go well because i didn't know what i was doing for one and for two my ideas didn't sync up with them y'all are completely in sync with waterwave tv yeah bro most definitely and it's like eric is definitely the person like I, I can trust like i know if something big comes my way i know eventually it will he's gonna be the person i lean on to help me make the right decision with it yeah truly no absolutely and i think that um one thing that a lot of people talk about is like, does the artist have it? Like, in my opinion, doesn't mean too much because uh, the reason why I think that is because like, I just recently found my niche. I just yep. recently found like the operations manager for CLM Presents. I just found out that I'm good at that. Um, I've only been doing it for a year. When I met you, bro, I was doing it for a couple months and like uh, me and Buddy were running that show, you know, without Kato really. I mean, Kato was, yep. I, think, I think he was present. I don't remember if he was at that show. Um, but that was like, when that happens, like right off the bat, that's how you know you're good at something. When I was an artist, people know me for Kevlo, for being an artist. Yep. I'm trying to do this rebrand of like, Kevlo is not, a, not an artist anymore. He is, he, he is an entity in the music industry that can do multiple things, podcasting, operation manager, what have you. So I want to talk about Jake Giller and talk about when did you establish your brand like as Jake Giller and what kind of things did you and Eric do to like start that brand up? Okay. So, yeah, that's actually, that's a really good question. So, started music, I want to say, a couple years, like 2015. And I was just going by Jake. I was just going by my name. So, I was like, my last name, Olmstead, too damn long. Yes. People aren't going to search up an artist that's name is Jake Olmstead. let alone Jake. There's too many damn Jakes in the world. Yeah. So, honestly, 
I have my my mom's side of the family. Their last name is Giller. So I was just chilling one time, bro. I think I was at my cousin's house. Tommy Giller's his name. And uh, fucking, I was just like, damn, Jake Giller kind of got a ring to it. It's it's simple. It's, it's short. I brought the idea to Eric and I was like, bro, I think I want to change from Jake to like to Jake Giller just because it, it just it sounds good off the ear. Yeah. I was like, I just feel like and I, I just feel like it has a like a nice ring to it. It's easy to remember. People are going to not. There's not another Jake Giller I've met in my life, let alone seen one on the Internet, anything. Do you so have Eric like any like, identity issues with that? Like, do you have any like, cause for me, Kevlo was really important to me because it was the first three of my first name and first three of my last name. I just didn't go like J flow or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I was like, my name is Kevlo. That is my actual name. This is something that means a lot to me. First three of my first name, first three of my last, like you said, I made it yeah. easily. Like we, I, how I like to call that. Uh, there's a word. Um, easy, basically for, for easy for SEO, like search engine optimization. That's what you want. So Jake Giller was good for SEO, but as a person, as an artist, you're a creative and like most artists, you probably have a lot of feelings, right? So it's like, yeah. what made you attached to Jake Giller other than the ring to it? Like, did you have any identity issues along the way? Uh, yes and no. I mean, the biggest, to be honest with you, the biggest, I guess, identity issue I had with it was just the thought, because, you know, like you said, feelings, the thought of me thinking, damn, what are people going to think of that I grew up with? when they hear Jake Giller, but they knew me as Jake Olmstead, what are they going to think of me? I was I, honestly, I was pondering that thought for like the first two months I was going by it. I, mm. It wasn't like, it wasn't like an embarrassing feeling, but it was almost like a damn, I, I think I'm, am I going to be judged again? Like type shit. But, and then, I, and then at, at, at some point I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Jake Giller, the name just means a lot to me. That's why like I got the Giller brand now. I, I think the name is, like I said, easy to remember SEO, like you said, Search engine optimization is what it goes by. Yeah, it's called search engine yeah. optimization. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, bro. I just think it has a really nice ring to it. And honestly, it makes me think of uh, Jake Giller. It, it almost lines up with like Mac Miller. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. easy to remember. I know what and you it mean. has that ring to it. RIP Mac on God. Yeah, no, for real. And to, to sidetrack a little bit, I have a I have a big painting of Mac in my room and I'll put it up in this YouTube video. And I have like, it's a custom painting that my buddy made. Yep. It's oil, oil, oil acrylic. Mm. Um, and usually that costs a lot. My homie like also shared that love for Mac. And, you know, he, I helped him out in the logistics industry. And when I was working for logistics, I was an account executive before everything else, man. I was like hardcore oh, sales. Like my peers around me were like 30 years old. I was 21 doing the same oh, job. Yeah. So like they were like, okay, you know what I mean? I mean, this buddy, my, his name's Paul, Paul Newby, man. If y'all want a dope ass painting for custom, go to Paul Newby. I paid a, quite a bit of money, but this thing is as big as the wall. And I, I had a custom made. I was like, yo, take this picture of Mac and put a halo on it. And like people were doing that, but like, not like, not like the not way like this Paul. guy's doing it. You know what I mean? Like I was like, okay, bro, like let's get it. Do he, he had, he has a Prince painting that people want to buy from him for thousands of dollars. And this man refuses to like give it away. Cause Prince, you know what mm. I mean? It means a lot to him. So that's why I'm yeah. saying like, when it comes like Mac Miller, man, when he died, I remember I was driving when I found out Mac Miller died and I got an alert on my phone and I was in college and I pulled over on this lake in Winona and I've never cried so hard in my life because yeah. that man got me through high school he got me through college being ridiculed and like you said you're like am i going to be judged again for being jake giller mac miller really helped me get over that feeling he really helped yeah. me get over that hump you know what i mean of like 
who gives a fuck, man? Like, just like another, it's called Another Night. You know that song, Another Night Alone. Yep. That song purely got me through it. So what I do is I blast another night. I lit up a blunt and I literally sat there in the parking lot and cried for three hours, bro. So I wanted to ask you, like, your inspirations, like Mac was to me. How do you let your inspiration shine through? Some people do it through, through their music. Some people do it through their business. Like, how do you let your inspiration shine through? And let's talk about them. Who are they? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, <clears throat> I got a, I guess I got a few inspirations to me. Some are musicians and some are just people that have been in, come and gone in my life. Uh, Mac Miller, definitely, like you said, man, he just has that fuck it, I'm going to be me attitude. He always did. And uh, I just, I let it all really just show through my music for the main part of my business too. Like I, my inspirations, I guess I just start by saying my inspirations. I got Mac Miller, heavily inspired by, inspired by him. Or inspiration. <laughs> I'm having a little, yeah, yeah. little word fumbles. Uh, definitely got to say Drake because, man, Drake is... Drake is the level that a lot of artists want to reach, but it's obviously, that's like the one in a million chance you'll ever reach that level, honestly. Like, dude dude can drop any kind of song in any genre he wants, and that's going to top the charts. Yeah. That's a heavy inspiration because of the impact he has on the game. Yes, dude can be a culture vulture sometimes, but man, it's about his business, bro. Mm -hmm. Definitely got to give a shout out to the OGs too. I mean, Tupac and Biggie. Obviously, I didn't I didn't grow up in that era, but I took the time to really just allow myself to listen to that music and understand the impact they had on the game. Because if you think about it, bro, people always ponder on the thought, what would it be like if they were still alive? And to be honest with you, I, 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 we don't know what it, music would be like, where it would be at if they were still alive. Would they would they be getting shunned like older artists nowadays? Like, nah, you guys aren't shit right, anymore. You're, right. you're washed out or nah, you guys are still goats. Then, I mean, I got to also just heavily inspired by my mom, man. She a hard worker, man, and uh, grew up single mother. Dad was not in my life. So just watching her as I grew up, seeing all the hardship she got us through, her working her ass off to make sure we had food on the table. We had a roof over our head, man. Like All of it just circles into my music and my business, which I just intertwined together because at the end of the day, yes, music is my passion and I love it. But it's a business at the end of the day, too. It's my brand. And that's yep. like what I, what I, what you as well, like your brand, Kevlo, the podcast, the, the operations managing, the, the music mm -hmm. even, bro, everything. Like it's, that's you and you put your blood, sweat, and tears into it. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And that's how I treat it. And I just, I always, any artist I like, like when I first discovered Mac, when I first like really got into Drake, especially when I started making music, I, I researched back to when they first started and what they did. And I, I just took it all together. And now I'm trying to recreate my own blueprint based on almost what they did, but in my own way. Yeah. Trying to, cause bro, at the end of the day, bro, if you really want to be successful at certain things, the way I look at it is you gotta, you gotta almost look up the greats and how they did it, the steps they took, the failures they had. And you gotta, you gotta teach yourself. Okay. That didn't work. It might not work for me either, but it could work for me. But I'm, I, you, you just got to learn, man. And learning is through research. Yeah. And that, that's, that's for like, that's for some people, right? Like some people like trial and error too. Like, yeah, and that's one thing. Like, I think that's what you're talking about is like learning from other people's trial and error. And like when people yeah. say learn from the greats, that's a big saying, like everyone be like, Oh, I'm learning from the greats. I'm learning from the greats. Like, what are you actually doing to learn from the greats? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. are you like, are you really out here like doing that, that 
research on a computer, looking up like, that's what I used to do, bro. I used to look up Mac and his early stuff and look at his early performances. I used to look up, okay, how is he interacting with these people? What is his like mood like? Like what 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 kind of nonverbals is he doing to communicate with the crowd to stay connected? Um, yep. And stuff like that. Like, and that's a big deal. But I want to touch on something because what most people don't know this about me either. I grew up with with a sing with just me and my mom, right? Um, yep. same thing, no dad, but like one thing about me and my mom was like we were stupid poor. Like I ate like like stale gummy bears out the out the cupboard because that's all I could find because it was empty cupboard and I didn't yep. know how to cook, you know, hamburger helper and macaroni because that's all I had. Like shit. For my mom, my mom taught me stuff from her trials and errors as well. Cause again, like studying the grades for music is important, but also in music, seeing the bottom and being on the bottom makes me more motivated to, yep. to reach for the top and to the top to me man the top to me is just having a good quality of life having yep. a family that means a lot to me like so and for for music in particular just to work full-time in music there's no yep. other thing i have in goal for that so like for you what did you learn from your mom that makes you that that relates to your industry and to your music the thing i learned most from my mom is uh Basically, man, just like when times get tough, when things get hard, keep going through. There might there there's been times where like I I've been down on myself on shit I couldn't control, but I let it make me I, I let it get me to a mindset where I damn near wanted to give up. Mm. But in those moments I learned to always take a step back and just remember when moms was struggling, me taking care of me and my brother, no food in the no food in the cupboards barely, man, just understanding that she was going to do whatever it took to get us taken care of. And that, and that allowed me to understand, okay, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure I'm taken care of and my brand is taken care of. Times might be hard, but at the end of the day, I'm going to make sure I'm happy, I'm healthy, and I'm going to make sure I'm getting my shit done because of that woman right there. And that no matter what, yeah, no matter what the hardship is, man, like you can always make it through. And that's what I tell, like we all, we all have friends, we all have family, close people that go through tough times. And the one thing I always tell that that person, whoever it may be, is times might be hard right now, but that light's gonna shine on you eventually. Let the and, darkness pass through. And that's that's one thing is the energy you put out is the energy you'll get back. That's why yep. shout out to my brother Modson who listens to my podcast because which when I found that out, bless to him man, like that that means a lot. Yeah. And he because he said I do this because I know that the energy you're putting out is good. And every time I've ever interacted with you over the course of six years, it's been good. If you put out that good vibes and good energy, which is very true, meaning the art of attraction, the law of attraction, sorry, and and the art yep. of being happy and you know wealth is happiness. If you really think about that, like that's truly where you're gonna be at. And it's it, people lose sight of that because they're in the fucking hip-hop industry that's yep. one thing about me is i'm not like people look at their kevlo you're hip-hop man i've done work in country heavy metal yeah. jazz like music is music if you want to be a musician i said this on the wiseman show years ago i love musicians when they said kevin who is your favorite rapper faircloth asked me that i said my favorite artist is mac miller and i think he's the best artist out there yeah of course making that claim on the wiseman show they're like okay hold on let's talk about it because I told them this on the show and I still believe this two years later. A true artist is a true musician. Someone who can pick up multiple instruments and play them is yeah. very talented in my light. Again, if you people don't know this about me either, my biggest inspiration, no one would expect this. Owl City. 
Fireflies. Ooh, that man. You would not believe your eyes. Yeah, bro. But if you think about <laughs> yeah. it, people think, oh, that band. He's a one-man band that played all the instruments on that track, every track he's ever made. He plays like 15 different instruments. He Jeez. also battles mental issues, but still portrays this ideology of Owl City. The whole point of it, which inspires me, is that he carries himself so owl city is he's able to fly into a different mindset he's he's tra tra like traveling into a different universe a different world that's why his lyrics are so abstract and so that's why like to me that's a true musician that to yeah. me is like what i think people in the hip-hop industry especially in the local scene lose track of all i hear is yep. the same shit that's why when i do raps like i remember i had a freestyle and straight up, bro, like I literally made I make fun of rap music because I can write it so easy. Like, whoa, whoa, what you know about it? Beautiful women, yeah. funny, my talent. Like everyone's got that Migos type flow. and Everyone talks about women. But like in your music, man, I've heard it like you got some stuff like ring ring. That's like pop. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you appeal to that crowd. But you put out so many like it's summer season. There's some projects in there that I was like, OK, some of those records are like meaningful to you. Yeah. And I want to talk about how do you differentiate that as an artist? How do you differentiate the meaningful? And the pop, like, how do you like, how do you come up with that? Because me and my artists talk about all the time. Like, I'm going to make a banger. Then I'm going to make one for me. How yep. do you know how to balance that? I'm going to be honest with you, bro. Um, so I, I hate to backtrack. I wanted to just comment real quick on your whole thing with um, artistry. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you 100%, bro. Anytime somebody like ask me, I think I mentioned it uh, on the Wiseman Show too, ironically. Um. When people ask me like if I, I'm a rapper, I always say no, nah, I'm an artist, cause I can buy. I, I yes, I can do this rap shit. I can go write 16 bars for you. I can write a nice little hook that rides to the beat, like some ego shit almost. But then at the same time, I can go do some vibey shit, man. Like I can, I can. I'm I'm not the best singer. Don't get don't get me wrong. That's why I rely on some auto tune sometimes with mm -hmm. it, no shame in it. But like, it's just about man making music that makes you happy. You know what I'm saying? Makes you feel now. Back to differentiating um, between making that that pop shit and that meaningful music. To be honest, I never really, when I go into making a track or going to the studio, I never really come with an idea, okay, I'm going to make this kind of track right now. I'm going to do this kind of vibe. I really just go through beats that are either sent to me by producers, sent to me by some of my homies, and I'm like, yo, can you make me a sound like this? Or I fall into the category still to this day where I'll go, find a beat on YouTube, but I, every time real quick that I find a beat on YouTube, I make sure I buy that either exclusive or I buy that, that top tier lease for it mm -hmm. because I'm not at the level yet where I'm going to sell a million records and that I'm going to get sued for it. No. I'm cool with getting that 5,000, 10,000 streams or whatever for my 70 bucks for now. But I always just wait to, to hear a sound that I'm feeling, whether it's some nice riding shit, some, some West coast banging shit, I just wait till I hear a beat to, that just makes me feel like that 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 rush of happiness almost like when you hear your the, a song that you've never heard before but you're like whoa what is this type type feeling you know and then I just go from there I'll just like play the beat off I, honestly bro I listen to it before an hour straight before I write to it I'm not oh, yeah. Gonna lie. yeah and then I, I just go from there and then honestly bro if it's if it's some meaningful shit I definitely take more time on it to be real with you, because if I if I really, really feel that, then I'm like, I, I really, really want to make the listener feel that. Yeah. So like I focus on what I'm saying heavily when it's some rap shit. I'm like, OK, 
this shit rides. It, it kind of sounds tight. I'm going to try and make it simple. You know what I'm saying? Like any artist, I'm sure you've gone through that. I'm going to make it simple yeah. for people to remember this if it's some banging shit. But if it's some mean, I feel. And my, my biggest... My biggest goal when it comes to that that meaningful shit is I want the listener to feel what I'm saying. Yeah, I feel you. I feel that. Um, and I think uh I think that's very important to, to talk about because and I wanted to bring it up because my follow-up question I'll get to in a minute. The 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 reason why I bring it up is because not a lot of people think about it. Not a lot of people think when they listen to music, because people who are just listening to music, people who are just listeners, they've never made a song in their life. That goes for anybody talking about the industry. Like people can talk about the industry all they want. I'm more than happy for you. Everyone has an opinion, you know, exercise your, your freedom of speech, <clears throat> exercise it all you want, but don't go and have critiques and stuff like that when you've never made a song because you don't know what we do as artists. Like anyone can be an artist. Anyone can pick up and write a song. I have challenged so many people, man. I've challenged my girls. I've challenged my, my, my best friends. I've been like, all right, you think it's easy to make a song? Sit down and make one right now. I'm like, don't make a whole yeah. song. Just make an eight-bar verse with a little catchy hook. And they're like, yep. oh, and they can't do it. And I'm like, because you don't understand like how yeah. difficult this can be. So that's not including like the wordplay, slant rhymes, things you put into a meaningful, like when I put in like symbolism, and I put in slant rhymes and I put in things like that. People overlooked the shit out of it because I didn't have the quality. And I admit that fully. Now that I'm making yeah. new music for fun, uh, some of it's some of that like, you know, auto-tune bullshit because it's fun to yeah. make. And some of it's that <laughs> like meaningful stuff. And like, you know, I'll, I'll say it on your on this podcast with you right now, man. I'm working on my last album ever as Kevlo. Um, it's called Business Comes First. And I'm super excited. It's gonna be a collection of about 15 okay. tracks. And I've never made, an, this will be my debut and final album. I've never made an album in my life. I've only made oh, mixtapes of five to 10 songs. And the quality is like the best quality you can find because I got my homies working on it in the basement. Yeah. We're like making our own beats and like really doing it all from scratch. And I wanted to do it because I love making music, but I want it to be my final because not because I want the attention. I don't want any attention from this. I'm putting this on this earth because I want a legacy and I want my legacy to be, this is the final and for like official tra transition of I'm Kevlo, but this is what Kevlo was, and this is what Kevlo is now. Because I truly believe, and Kato said this, mods told me this, that I'm going to be such a phenomenal promoter. Yep. And I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to make sure that all the critiques people have about promoters, I'm going to fix that, that script. I'm going to make sure that people they have a different ideology. And I think, I hope when you work with me, that kind of came shine through. Like, yeah, I, I'm a business mindset person. I can be kind of strict, but like, I think that's important to give our patrons and the people that you yep. invite a phenomenal experience. And that's what I want. And I will not let anyone in anyone else's camp or my camp fuck that up. You know what bro, I that's mean? That's the key to it. Yeah. Like you're like you said, bro, you when I first worked with you, I knew, bro. Like when I first met you, bro, you you made me feel like I was taken care of almost. Came in, show went smooth, bro. Honestly, it was the smoothest show I've I've done. Much especially love. when it comes to opening up for people. I, I just you made sure I knew what what like my our set time was. You you made sure you introduced me to Buddy. You bro, you showed me around like the the whole venue, bro. Like you you showed love, and you're really you're phenomenal at the showing love aspect, but also having that let's get this business done aspect, bro. It, it's just, it's just like the perfect mixture mixture, bro. And like you you got a bright ass future on that. 
Much I'm love. definitely excited to hear this album, bro. Yeah, dude. I'm probably have to send me it early. You know oh, 100%. I got you. I got you. I, I'm working on <laughs> but, it slowly. It's going to be a year before I even think yeah, about releasing perfect. it. But yeah, man, I do appreciate the whole, like, when I pe- show people around the venue, when I do that kind of stuff, I want people to know and feel comfortable. I've also had the other end of the stick where people take advantage of that. I've also had people in people's camp, like, fuck up and, like, sneak behind stage because they know where it is. I showed you. I said, here's the green yeah. room. Like, this is where it's going to be. This is where this artist is going to be. Please don't fuck around. You know what I mean? Because if I catch yep. you fucking around, I'm never having you on this shit. So, and that's one thing I want to talk about, too, is we, we talked about your music. We've talked about kind of what our beliefs are. Good shit. Now, I want to talk about this, and this is just my Minnesota self. I want to know, as an artist, what you think of the local scene. And the reason right. why, I, but before I just generalize and preface this, I'm not here yeah. to dig for dirt. I'm not yep. here to do that shit. I'm not. I'm just curious because I was an artist six years ago in this scene. And now I'm a promoter and I have to think differently. But I see these cats in like water wave. This reason why I love y'all's brand is because you're doing it so different and you're doing it correct. Because you guys still got that. I'll be honest, that young ignorance in you. But you also still got that. I'm going to stay professional. I'm going to get stuff done. So. And yep. I think y'all have a different outlook of the scene. That's why I wanted to ask, what's your opinion on the local scene here in Minnesota? <clears throat> okay, so, yeah, that's a great question, bro, and I'm happy you asked. So, my outlook on the local scene, to be honest with you, from where it was when I first, like, kind of got my feet wet in it, I think it's getting better. But, like, to this day, man, it's still, everybody in the local scene is so caught up on trying to be the first. The Yo, first one to pop. I'm the best. I'm the best. No, I'm the best. I'm better than you. That shit was trash. It's like, bro, who fucking cares, man? Right. Everybody, like, everybody's got the same end goal. Everybody lo- has the love for music, man. And it's like, we can't, we can't allow the. Obviously, we can't control it, but we can't allow the local scene to stay like that forever, man. And that's what Waterways trying to change in the culture. And I, I hope it's working. I think it is, because I'm so sick of. Artists, like, I'm not going to name names, bro, but, like, I'll see certain artists posting on their social media trying to, like, sneak this other local artist. And it's like, bro, realistically, nobody gives a fuck about the beef you got with another local artist, man. Like, this ain't no Drake and Meek Mill beef. This ain't no uh, Nas and Jay-Z beef, bro. It ain't that big. It's bigger. It's, it's, not, it's not bigger than yourself, bro. Like, we, we can't. We, we got to stop with this whole I'm better than you. I'm going to be. I'm going to blow up before you mindset man because at the end of the day the person that does or the group that does blow up or you know what i'm saying puts a big staple on the minnesota scene you got to just trust that they're gonna bring that market more of the market to minnesota and trust that your time's coming like look at atlanta look at the new york scene everybody wants to go to atlanta because why because they're so connected yeah bro that's the way i look at it man and that's that here. Here's what I what I said when I was I said this to my best friend Gage. So he's the only one that can attest for me um, in this in this because, no, I don't talk about this stuff with people. But what, my very first thing when I said I was at a show at Mill City Nights when that used to be a thing and the nether bar at Mill City Nights, if you all don't know, that shit's like right over by Cowboy Jackson, downtown Minneapolis, right up by 508. Yep. Okay? Like no one knew about that shit. It was like a hole in the wall. And we had that venue packed out one night of 50 people. And I talked about this in my last podcast, but the egos, I shared stage with egos. And I had, there was a guy from Chicago that I knew. And he was like, bro, this shit reminds me of Chicago. I thought Minnesota was different. I said, tell me more about that. He said, Chicago is cutthroat. 
It's all cutthroat. That's why people with the chance to rapper got their whole city behind them now because it's hard to come out of Chicago. And it was Minnesota six, seven years ago when I started definitely was cutthroat and it was fuck you. I have the biggest ego. No, I got the biggest ego. Now my shit better. Now I'm talking shit like and that's one thing like even when I met Nate, Nate Millions was like when I first met him, we were kind of skeptical of each other, which we shouldn't have been. And then right at, we once we had a one conversation, we were like, OK, yep. so we both want to build. We both want to do our thing. But we were doing it still independently. Like we still didn't come together like I thought we would. We were under La Millionaires, the group. But like we weren't like actually like, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's one thing about you and Waterwave TV is I've mentioned you guys a lot because you guys are a unit. There's so many artists underneath that 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 little like brand y'all got. I'm not going to mm-hmm. call it a label, but I'm going to call it a brand. And yeah, we don't call it a label right now, to be honest. No, because y'all are, you are, you'll, you'll keep yourself grounded. And that's yeah. one thing is like, I do see some of these people who come through Waterwave talking about bitches, talking about, you know, and I was like, there's some of that in there. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. but people don't. I, mean, I fall victim to that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's all I was having fun yeah. though. Um, But mm-hmm. when it comes to like the true mindset of like, that's why I'm talking to you. And I mentioned you and Eric, that's all I can attest for is that y'all are not doing that. And I think that if y'all keep your team grounded and if y'all really like, really keep yourself humble and say like this is truly where we're at i can name 50 artists i've worked with in the local scene bigger than y'all but i fuck with y'all because i truly believe that y'all are gonna go skyrocket as fast as possible when something happens now that's not going to be given to you and you know that that's why when y'all open up a store when y'all are doing this good shit like i think and making so much merch man y'all are fucking coming out the merch game hot i'm gonna i'm gonna pivot to that actually i'm curious about it how the fuck do y'all come up with your merch designs because they're fire uh honestly bro uh that's all eric man like he when he first created water wave it the, the whole like water bottle Look yeah, it was it was when he was when he was in high school, right? When he was like he hopped on a computer, uh, yeah, he said so in high right school. He, yep. So he graduated, went moved out, went to River Falls for college. Him and his homies just started this thing called Water Wave because they there's a saying they would all say, "Water is the wave," and then they clicked Water Wave, the water bottle. So it says Water Wave now. It just used to be a WW, and it just it looked goofy at first. Eric had somebody draw this up. I think. Oh yeah, his name is Insay. I-N-S-E-I. Dude drew this bottle up. Instant we saw, we're like, okay, that's gas. Eric really controls all the merch for Waterwave. Um, that man's working, bro. That's where I, that man makes me go hard, bro, because he's always thinking, what could I do now? Who could I, what video could I do now? Like you are with your podcast. Who could I interview? What, what should I do next for merch? He's always doing some shit. Now they got, we got ski masks coming out, beanies. That's all that's different today. colored hoodies, yep. like an orange hoodie, bro. It's fucking crazy. And I just Man. actually like I, I literally like just DM'd Eric the other day, but I was just giving my props because like not I guarantee you people are trying to hop on your wave right now. Like because you guys are like trending. I mean, like not just water wave, but Jake Giller. Y'all are like really like actually like I see the trend. And um, and I'm not just I don't again people who listen to my podcast think I'm just here to gas up my, 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 uh, yeah, fucking, yeah, I'm not here to gas anybody up. I this I only bring on people that are like-minded people that I agree with. Like and the people I don't, I've tried to get on and they don't want to be on. Um, but when I see a trend with y'all and I give Eric that prop, just know that no one's here to hop on your wave. No one's yeah, here to do that. You. A lot of people in Minnesota are, Okay, lack for a better term, dick riders. A lot of them are just like, yeah. I'm going to hop on. I'm going to just do what these people are doing. That I don't mess with because you 
did not do any of the legwork. You did not sit on that program like Eric did and do all the logo designs. You did not sit yeah. here and pay the money to open that store. So that's why I want to talk about like no one sat there with you in a booth and wrote for you. No, you know I mean? never. So like that's why I wanted to ask like Minnesota also I want to talk about was kind of like the land of dick riders. And so have you experienced yeah. that a little bit? Uh yeah, I mean, I've had some fallouts due to it, to be honest. Me too. Just, like people just wanting to not really do anything to help. You know what I'm saying? Just want hitting me up when it's beneficial to them. Yep. Yo, let me bring me into this show. Let me get backstage with you guys. Let me uh let me come be in this music video. Like what, bro? Like you you we ain't talking almost a year. Now you just want to pop up out of nowhere. You weren't here. You weren't here for the, the late nights we were working, bro. The late nights we were grinding, trying to put a vision together. It's like, yeah. that's not how it goes, bro. And a lot of people, I feel like in Minnesota, have a hard time grasping onto understanding that. I think accountability is huge, too. Um, yeah. I'm more than happy to talk about being accountable. And I'm more than happy to talk about, like, I own up to what I do. Like, I've said this in yep. multiple podcasts. I had, I had fallouts with people. I've been interviewed, and they're like, Kevin, have you done people wrong? Absolutely. But people have done me wrong too. Like if you think about it, I was a drummer for two artists that are now blown up in a different yep. scene in Minnesota. And I'm, I don't, I'm not naming names, but, um, yeah. but like, I, I definitely, a lot of, a lot of people around me blew up. Mod some blew up. Like my buddy side real blew up. Like, you know what I mean? People around me blew up and they, they get, they said, Kevin, you have the mindset they just don't know what my niche is. And I didn't know what my niche was either. I didn't know what my niche was at all. I think operations and doing shows is my niche. And that's like, yep. it was, it was hard to come to terms with, with the fact that I'm going to like completely pivot. Have you thought to yourself, like maybe I should pivot ever? Uh, honestly, I, there's been times, you know what I'm saying? I engineer my music. There's been times where I'm like, okay, there could be a, there, there could be a time in my career where, music might not work out for me maybe i'll be an engineer in this game yeah that's why i spent so many so much hours teaching myself how to do it because it's not a plan b but it's like it's my backbone if music don't work i'll be damned if i'm not engineering for somebody you know yep. i mean and i've also thought about just like songwriting for people i've, I've written um not a lot maybe a handful of songs for local artists i've written like choruses for me chunks too. of verses so, I mean, but it's all about, man, it's like, like you'd agree with this. It's all just about the love for the, the yep. music as a whole. Yeah. Truly. I think, but I mean, yeah, I've had some like thoughts about pivots and stuff like that. I've, I've, I've thought about the pivots a few times. Yeah. People are calling you, huh? People, the phone's getting blown up. Yeah. A little bit. You know what I'm saying? Ring, ringing. <laughs> this man i like the brandon bro um now i feel that though i think that the one thing that me and you i didn't even realize that you think the same way i do it's very rare for people to appreciate the music part of it the artistry the the actual musician like back to composition i was an orchestra band for 12 years man like that when i i really the the when people say like i feel this i really feel like connected to music the most connected i've ever felt to music is when i was playing in my band class was like fire and prior like i don't know why our band was always super fire and our jazz yep. band i've never felt more connected we went to state and almost won that shit and i was like playing with some of the best jazz music musicians in the state bro 
Like, Damn. I remember like when I was in high school, uh, there's a drummer and he was from Winona State. So I, I talked about, I talked with him later. He's a professor, but he was one of the best drummers I've ever seen in my life. And he was like, I really think you're one of the best drummers I've seen. And I was not that good. But the fact that like you get that kind of ups as a musician really made it made me mm -hmm. feel like, wow, like that, that means a lot. And the most connected I've ever felt was when we're all five piece jazz band just sitting there jamming, man, like making literally bro. quality music like just making uh -huh. music instrumentals and when i went to hip-hop i went to hip-hop because i used to write poetry so it was easy to transition into but like yep. like that i don't know have you have you ever thought about doing something like not hip-hoppy or poppy like just making some different music because when i was uh, kevlo when i was kevlo i didn't because i didn't want people to get confused uh -huh. um yeah bro ironically there's been so recently mgk dropped his new album and bro, like I'm not gonna lie, I love it. Yeah, that I, I love that the live instrumentation feel it has. And there, I've had, I've been honestly, this is, I guess I'm just announcing it for the first time <laughs> on this podcast. But uh, I've been experimenting with music like that, bro. Just, just to experiment with it and see, see where it goes, see how, see how I like it, and what the end product's gonna sound like. Make something different, put it out right away. And the reason why I talk yeah. about it is because. I've made a ton of shit and I never put it out as Kevlo. That was like completely different. That could have been some of my best tracks of all time. And like, yep. and I think let's be real. MGK and mod talk to me a little about this in the podcast. If the, I just did a podcast with mod not too long ago, this was like a mm -hmm. month ago, month, like two months ago. And yeah, I recorded I it. And two months ago, he said this emo wave. And I said, what? And no one here knew because Minnesota's behind on trends. Everyone knows that we're so behind. And like, when he told me this emo rock shit was coming back and that's what he started with. He started in bands like that. I was like, yep. what are you talking about? And then MGK's album comes out two months later and I went, that's what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. And so experiment, find the fucking, find, find the new wave, find something different because what you, what do you, what if you pop? You know what I mean? Like what if like, not even not what if yeah. you pop, but what if you like, I learned something about myself in this process? Like, and that's what I think like Nimic Revenue is a really good artist around here and she's super yep. good. And she said that she, she actually reached out to like a ton of people who just want instruments. She just wants, she reached out to me too. I said, yo, I got a, I got a, you know, a kit. I would love to drum for you. I've drummed for a couple artists and they've taken like my recordings and put them in songs. And like, I don't, yep. I don't care about the credit. I don't care about the split sheet. I'm one of those guys that just like, I don't care about the royalties anymore. I'm just doing this to make good music. And if I can say, if I can play this for somebody and say like, those are my drums or like, that was my incorporated idea then like i don't give a fuck not everyone thinks that yep. way though like my buddy some of my buddies are just like kevin get every credit every royalty you can because that's how you're gonna pop in this scene hence like bobby raps like they're smart he 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 every little thing he gets credit for because he put his hand in that pot and that's what just smart you know what i mean that's one yep. thing with you is like have you ever thought about like either you've lost some credit or like you said you've written for a couple people like do you ever feel like you deserve more um definitely bro i mean there's been hella times that i i thought i deserved more credit for certain situations helping certain people out but at the end of the day i mean as i've grown i've just learned to let that let that shit go i was actually having a good conversation with a friend of mine mutual friend of he's on waterway his name's reese laroe and i asked him like two days ago i said bro how do you deal with like stress but on like the mental side how do you get past it and he said he said honestly if anything's ever stressing me out, if it's some negative shit, some negative energy, I just take a step back and I try to refocus it on what's going to help me get better. Because mm -hmm. if I sit here stressing on not getting enough credit, for example, sit here stressing on 
what I feel like is owed to me, that ain't going to make me take that next step. I got to focus on what's helping me right now and helping me get better. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, that, that mindset, keep it, keep, you guys got to keep yourself grounded. Um, and that's just one of my biggest piece of like advice, I guess. I mean, like I said, I'm yeah. not, I'm not popping or nothing. I'm not like a lot of people in this scene. Like I, the reason why I asked about the credit thing is because I, I've worked with so many people and like, I've worked with like, I mean, just, just to like catalog, I've worked with charisma. I've worked with side Real, I've worked with ill cartel. I've worked with like, yep. I've met and worked with some of the biggest people in the scene. Mod son. You know what I mean? Like, I, and I, 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 I don't get anything. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, people are like, oh, I've heard people be like, Kevlo is a dick writer. Kevlo is this and that. And I'm like, what are you basing that off of, homie? Like, yes. what do you, I used to, I used to sit and there's why, like, I, I knew I worked with these people. I'm not sitting here saying I work with Call Me Charisma because he's popping. I, I, I have this yeah, kid's bro. number. I got Morgan's number, bro. We text, <laughs> bro. Like, this is just like where I came from. Like, why are you giving me shit? So, and the reason why I talked to Sadri about it, he made a really good point. He said, Everyone's going to talk shit about you, but you know, everyone can eat their own, you know, everyone can eat the same dinner with me just on a different plate. You know what I mean? Like yep. you can do the same thing I'm doing. Just do it in your way on your, on your plate, on your own agenda. I don't care. You know what I mean? Because like, that's one thing about me is like, I never cared. The people who show me the most love are people from my hometown. The people who made fun of me in high school for three to four years show up to my shows and give me the most props. And I think that's where it means the most. It's where like yep. it's home, you know what I mean? And uh, I think that the, just the whole, you know, I want to talk about Minnesota because I love our scene. I do. It's really developed. It really grown. And I love talking about the positives that I could all day. Like there's some people that like yep. my click that like I work with and like that are just good people, genuine, helped out a lot mm -hmm. of people. But there are people that we've worked with that are like we're genuine and then just flipped 180. And it's like, what did we do to you? You know what I mean? So and I, I'm not here to talk shit. I'm just here to say I'm glad y'all are like, you know, the way you are. I wouldn't fuck with you and your click if you guys were not good people. Just understand that if you guys grow, no matter what level of success you're at, don't fucking fall. Don't don't sit here and not don't let the ego come out too much. You know yep. what I mean? And don't don't talk about bitches and money when you don't have bitches and money. You know, don't don't exactly. talk about that shit when you you all living in the same house, paying the same rent. <laughs> I'm just being Truly. honest. Like, yeah, that, let's just keep each other grounded. And how, I wanted to ask that. How do y'all keep each other grounded? Keep that brotherhood like not fucked up, not get people twisted. Um, I mean, the main part, bro, when it comes to that is just communication, bro. We we are all really tight, close knit, always checking in on each other, man. We got we're always where I talk to all of them at least once a day via FaceTime, via text, checking in, bro. And it's always just, there's countless times, bro, where we'll, we're, especially when we're together. Right now I'm living in Mankato until July next year. But like when I go see the guys, bro, and I go to the water wave crib, I, it's just always, bro, we're going, we, we're just always talking about the positives. Like, man, like we got this coming up. We got this coming up. But at the end of the day, we always say we're in this together. We're in this together. And I mean, I guess keeping each other grounded, I, there's never really like a, I, I'm, I'm glad I had this podcast with you today because it never, I never really thought about the, the aspect of keeping each other grounded until like this, this conversation truly. And, um, bro, just keep it, just staying in contact. I feel like is the biggest important, the most important part of keeping each other grounded, being on the same page, understanding each other. Yeah. I, I think do that. That's a big part of it. Staying community, like be communicative and do all these things. But from my mistakes, the one thing is, just don't act Hollywood. 
and be yep. yourself at all times. Jake Giller is Jake Giller, but you are Jake Olmstead as well. Like, yes, don't, sir. don't get that twisted either. Like, Kevlo is Never. Kevin Lesh, man. That's me. That's who I am. Like, I, I'm not, I don't sit here talking about chains or money or nothing. Like, I have fake chains and I, I tell people, man, these are gold plated, not solid gold because, like, I, I don't care. Like, I wear them because I enjoy them. I actually used to wear chains as a philosophy because I didn't want tattoos. Now I got two tattoos because of shouts out Ashley Richter. This woman pushed me to get some tattoos <laughs> and, uh, and she literally was like, just do it. It might, it might just get one. See what happens. I love them. <laughs> I yeah, fucking bro. love them, bro. Like they're I crazy. As, it's an addiction, but like I wear back to the changes because that was like, okay, if I'm not going to get tattoos, I'm gonna wear chains. And I used to buy a chain for an accomplishment. So I have like a lion chain. Cause I love embracing Leo. I have a CLM yep. chain. I'm sure you guys saw me wear because yep. that was a big movement and step in my career. Cause I've always idolized this company. And since I was, since I was in the scene. And so like, I don't know, man, keeping yourself grounded and like, is super important and if y'all don't be afraid like that's one thing people are afraid to talk to their homies like that like my buddy uh gage was working with some big people back in the day and he was i was like bro don't, I, I literally hit him i was like bro don't be talking shit and he was like no you're yeah. right you're right because like th- again it's all about good energy it's all about yep. the people who be talking shit get put into a category and it's hard to get out of that category it's hard to climb out yeah, of that bro so truly that's dope but what's next for giller man what what's going on you have your you released 55 plus tracks in your career like what's next i'm assuming more music yeah all right so i i got a lot i got a lot of music i have set for releases one coming next month but uh the b- biggest one is uh, i got this ring ring video yeah probably dropping in about a week that. or so yeah bro i'm excited man it's this ring ring video so before this ring ring video bro music video for me it was okay let's go shoot let's go shoot somewhere random let's uh Let's meet in the city, get some scenes of me walking through the city, just make it look tight. We got a drone, dope. Get some drone shots. Yep. This was the first video, bro. I see you not. We spent like eight hours shooting this. I did not think it was going to take this long. Oh, <laughs> bro, no, that's, that, that's you like manifesting a concept. That's dope as fuck. Y'all yeah. storyboarded it. Y'all sat here and yeah, we're like, bro. this is what we're going to do. And Dude, good for you. I, 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 you sent me you sent me that post and I was like, you got fucking costumes. You got you got a ton yeah, of shit. Yeah, bro. And fucking even this like the the storyboarding, never done that. So when my uh, videographer Ryan Wooches, he he came to my crib and we were storyboarding, and I was sitting there playing the song back, and I was like, bro, I was like, I looked at him, I said, I'm gonna be honest, I've never done this. Yeah, but like I'm gonna just trust what you say. Let's just come up with some ideas and like put this together. Dude came back next week to my crib. Uh, three cameras, all the lights, send it up with a whole story ready. Got that shit done, bro. I shit you not, after this video, I was at, I was sitting in my living room. After we got everything tore down, I was talking to my girl and I was like, damn. I had never in my life thought that I would be tired after just shooting a video, mainly just in our kitchen. I was sitting there, legs tired, bro. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, bro. The, 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 yeah, dude, you love it. And like, you need a team, man. That's where you do need a team. That's where you can't do something by yourself because, like, the videographer is very important. And I'm glad the videographers still fuck with storyboarding because people who don't do that, like, shouts out to a couple people here, man. Anthony Brown, Matt Wales, Miami, yep. Gage Reagan. Like, people sleep on Gage Reagan for whatever the goddamn reason. Go look up Gage Reagan Productions. I'm just yeah, saying I'm, that shit because he's some of the best quick. in the goddamn city, bro. <laughs> Send me... 
uh, Gage's info because I don't if I don't know if I was sleeping. I've just never heard of him, so I want to I want to really tap in. And that's the thing, bro. I'm, like he makes me mad. He's my best friend, but like the reason why is because like we came up together, and he used to be my manager, and then like he, we he used to be like my musician. Like he sang on my tracks, and like yeah. you know, and he's so versatile. And then he was doing videography for artists before a lot of people, but like we knew Matt when he started, we knew Anthony when he started, we knew like, you know, we knew endless vision and all them. Like they're good yep. people. Ilkar, everyone in Il Cartel, Polito, like we oh, worked yeah, with all of them. them. Yeah. Like we oh, literally God. like we were in Il Cartel. I did operations for Il Cartel, like for a while. Oh, I like shit. gauge was like videography. Like, yeah, dude, it was me. So on my end, cause I'll get off gauge for a second. I'll come back. Um, it was me, Dolo and big Wiz in tech in meetings together. Like, and and same uh was it um oh, saint uh what's i'm some blanking man i know him uh saint laurent sorry sorry saint oh yeah that's my b bro 10th thrift man he's the shit um the, i we sat and like had these real conversations i was like how can we improve operationsville cartel and that's what led me to like manage you know pilot johnny for a little while and shout out yep. to pilot but i no one can manage that man because he is so good at what he does and he has all these big ideas he wants to execute on and like i just couldn't i couldn't work hard enough for him that's the fact. Yep. And I, I don't I, do not get it twisted, people. I was the worst fucking manager in this city. I was like, I managed a couple artists and like I had good ideas. I had I knew how to improve the processes, but like I couldn't execute for them because I truly believe as an artist, you have to execute for yourself. And I like managers are there supposed to like guide these decisions, like execute on like agreements. But I don't believe managers are there to execute shows for you. Like when people say I want a manager and then they say, now, manager, book me a show you're asking for two different jobs. A manager is not to yeah. book you. That's a booking agent. Like managers yeah. can, if you would like them to book you, but like, that's not their primary focus. That's a whole different focus. So anyway, ill and all them, bro, shouts out. I love them guys a lot. And I feel like I, I just hope there's no bad blood there between like us and them. I know they don't ever cause that. It's just some of that shit where it's like, they're so tight niche. And when they let people in and then people leave again, like I think there's just some bad communication there. But everyone in there that we respect, man, we, we respect everyone in there. And like back to Gage and his videography, dude. Yeah. I'll send you some of his stuff because man. he makes, he's all about being cin like cinematic. I think a lot of hip hop stuff is not cinematic. It's, it's a lot of like, you know what I mean? Back and yeah. forth and like quick shots. Yeah, quick shots, quick angles. And, and that's cool and all, but like Gage, when he really said like, this is this was his thing he came up recently that I've been doing with him. We make short films of nature and saying like we want to turn ordinary places into cinematic adventures. Like that type of idea, no one has in this scene. Yeah, like and nobody. he, I'm like, you're such a visionary, and he doesn't care about the scene. He stopped caring about what people think about him. Like that's why you don't even heard of him is because that's the type of shit that like he he's just like so visionary. It's crazy. Same with like yeah. our, our buddy Miles Graves. He's so visionary and like people always agree with our ideas. It's just, I think all of us have a tough time executing. Like I only fuck with operators, but it's hard to operate on big, big ideas. And I think that's back to your video. That's why like when me and Gage used to get props for, we spent three days prepping for one video that we would shoot for 10 to 12 hours, like night and day night and day bro like just recently we shot my buddy Bodis. shouts out to my artist Bodis. i do booking for yep. him i've been shooting with gage me and gage shoot together sometimes because it's like a hobby of mine just to like mm -hmm. do some small videography and we make a project because we're making it with our friends that's one thing like you can relate to is y'all just make music and projects and fun shit with your friends if you focus on doing stuff like that the rest will come and that's yeah. what like when we sit there from shooting from from fucking noon to fucking eight yeah i agree you're like 
fuck, dude, we just did a lot. And that's why this video looks fire. Maybe no one's going to appreciate it. Maybe no one will appreciate your hard work. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe you get 500 views, 1,000 views. Yeah. Who gives a fuck about the views? Literally. You can, you can tell you, your kids you made that shit. Yeah. And I feel like, speaking on just like views, I feel like that's where a lot of people get caught up in. They get so caught up in, damn, I want to get this many views. It's like, bro, if once you start worrying about that too much, you're not going to, you're not gonna, and nothing else is gonna matter to you. You're you're just gonna care about the numbers. You should. I feel like truly, you shouldn't care about the numbers until you're at a level where you're, where you know you're gonna hit a million. You know, yeah, what I'm when like, when you have like when you have like people under your payroll, that's when it's different. That's when it's like, okay, we have to hit this many to get these people paid. To be yep. honest with you, that's kind of how a lot of this shit works. Like I've I've seen the other side, so I like to think I'm a little bit enlightened from learning from Cato and them because mm-hmm. Cato's on the other side, man. He's engineering for some of the biggest artists in the game, and because he's a chief marketing officer for Riff Raff, that's no, there's no yep. like news to anybody. But um, when he tells me some of these stories, I'm just like, man, like there's a whole different side of the scene that no one in this state knows about. Like people who've actually made it out of here, like mod and like the conversations I have with these people, I'm like, I have to remember to not get caught up in that. And like, I have to remember to know that there's a bigger picture to this that nobody really knows about. So it's fun. I think the stage that you're in and that I'm in, I'll even say I'm in it with my artist. It's fun just making projects with people. That's all you should be Mm -hmm. focusing on. And the whole credentials of the scene and like people get caught up in the credentials it's important to have ethos it's important to have credibility it's important but it's also important to know that you're having fun and you're making a good quality product and that's all me and gage have talked about for years is if you can make a quality product in comparison to other people making poop no matter if that person gets ten thousand views and you get a thousand views i can still say that my shit is better quality and i have more meaning than someone going bitches and money and Lambos for 20,000 views to I'm talking about my life and I'm making a whole storyboard with that video. The, that video. So, yeah. And fucking, uh, I don't know if I can swear or not. My bad. Yeah, go for it. Fuck <laughs> it. Um, bro, back to the ring ring video. Ironically. So like I said, I have a bunch of songs I've lined up for release. I want to give a big shout out to DJ Bonix. Cause I've just been, I've been in a con- contact i've been having word fumbles bro i've been in contact with him for i want to say a couple months since i dropped ring ring he's the one that's been spinning it on the go 95 and um yeah one day i was talking to him i sent him another track that i was going to release ironically the first of this october it's called uh the deal and he hit me back he's like he, he thought the song was fire but he's like i think he had a real ass conversation bro with me that made me just go back he basically said look at jack carlo his song was popping he's been pushing that forever and now he he just recently dropped that new track, Tyler Harrow. And he's like, I think he said, personally, I think you need to get a visual for Ring Ring done and push that shit because it rides. And I, just the conversations, like we've talked about more things, bro, but like him giving me insight and like he, he's, he's tapped in with some people in the industry, just like, like you are, like Cato is. And like just the conversations I had with him made me reevaluate how I wanted to go about my business and really focus on quality over quantity. Yep, and I've I've yeah. I've said that for years, my guy. And and, and just let's get something straight. Bonix, way up here. Kevlo, way way down here. But like, I appreciate you saying that. But yeah, I, I was actually talking to Bonix last night on his live, uh, Instagram live, and we were kind of chit chatting. He's very respectful. Like the fact that he even talks to local people like the way he does and keeps it real with people. I fuck with Bonix in that yeah. way. And I really respect Bonix. And like, and even like, and I'll be honest, he was talking about last night, how people inquire about everyone's got a thing is everyone's has a podcast. Now 
Everyone's an artist now. What makes you different that makes me want to listen to you? And someone said in there your value proposition statement, which is something in sales that every company has that makes you different, that makes you have an upper edge in everybody. That's important. And I agree with that. Yeah. And, and pushing your value proposition is going to be huge, but not shoving it in people's faces. Like he said, he's like, I don't want it shoved in my face. I want people to talk to me about you and then I'll come to you. And I, I'll yeah. be honest, that's not what I learned in sales. And that's not what my business acumen is. Mine is I'll hit you up over email, very formal. Every three days, I'm going to talk to you. This is just my process. I'm going to give it away. Yep. I don't give a fuck. Um, every three days, I'm going to email you to check in say, hey, did you have a chance to look at this? Like, hey, like, I'm, I'm not trying to force the situation. I'm just saying, mm -hmm. did you have a chance to look at it? Did you, you want to? If you don't want to, more, more respect to you. And I think that it may have come off wrong for, for him. And shouts out to Bonix because I think it came off a little wrong from me and i hope it didn't at least because like i just want him on because he has a lot of insight to the industry and i've seen yep. the other side but he lives the other side he lives that very like i'm not asking for a, i'm not trying to dick ride him like you know what i mean he talked about that last yep. night too he said i'm not i hate when people want to use my platform when people ask him to like premiere their track he's like i don't do that because i agree you shouldn't be using other people's platforms and that's not what that's what some people with podcasting do and now I just want to say this right now. I have Jake Giller on and I have everyone from Mod, Jake Giller, Call of Duty League Gamers, because I want to have real conversations, something that people will want to listen to and people that would be like, wow, like I just learned something. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that's all I want. And that's why I want Bonix on because he's such an insightful dude. That's yeah, bro. I've heard. I, I, <laughs> funny story is the first time me and Bonix ever talked, I, I almost came on too strong. I, I, one time, bro, it was like earlier in the year. I dropped some song and I was like, take DJ Bonix on Twitter. And he reached out to me. He took his own time because I didn't DM him. And he reached out to me saying something on the lines of, hey, maybe instead of tagging me and trying to get my attention that way, just message me. Just like have a conversation with me. Yeah. And then maybe like realize like, damn, okay. Maybe that, that whole pushy, pushy shit. It doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. work with people, and and like not with him at least. And so, some people it does. Like with with like with Mod, it didn't have to be pushy pushy. Because I just got off tour with him, so he was like, I'm more than happy to. And I think yeah. that that's that's a different relationship than what I'm trying to develop. I like I want to talk to Bonix because just like you said, you, I'm not trying to come off too strong, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. It's just because if this man who is so high credibility is in our city, I want to pick his brain. And I'm not yeah. here to try to get anything off a of man. Like I get it. My my fucking Instagram podcast following is shit. It has 60 people following it. I don't get likes on my shit. I don't because I don't care about the clout anymore, man. I just stopped caring. Care about the passion. I, I'm just doing it to get better. I'm do, I did a yeah. podcast because it's fun. I invested in this yep. mic because it's fun. Like I don't know, man. And that's why I was trying to get across in his live last night was like. He's he was pushing credibility and ethos and all that. And I said that's important too. I just said let's remind people to not get caught up in that though, because that's what Gary V pushes. Gary V pushes to yep. not get caught up in too much in that. It's important to have, but it's also important to have fun with what you're doing and to enjoy yep. it every single day. Otherwise, what's the point of waking up in the morning? Exactly, bro. Bro, shout out to Gary V, man. That dude yeah. is a fucking genius, bro. Goat, yeah. Dude, dude will literally preach how he's excited to work on Mondays. Yeah. Change my mindset. Cause I used to hate Mondays, bro. Yeah. Because so college imagine, college makes you hate bro. Mondays, bro. Like, <laughs> bro, like school, especially, bro. Imagine high school. Sunday, you're like, damn, I got to go back to school tomorrow. Yeah. Just, it, we were trained to almost just dread the thought of a Monday. And it's like real winners. 
I bet you love waking up on Mondays now trying to get some shit done. I love waking up every day. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like, yeah, it, it's just different. I know what you mean, though. You're like, it's a different mindset of like, yeah, Mondays were a negative connotation. Now it's like, why, why? What? Exactly. You, you, you get back to the hustle. But that's also the thing is like some people's hustle is very not fun, dude. Some people's hustle is like, like I, I work at Apple too. People don't know that I work at Apple and I love Apple company. If y'all are listening, I love y'all. I love being in stores. Good time. It's just like, I don't love it that much though. Where like some days I'm like, ah, I would be rather making my podcast right now, but my yep, podcast totally. doesn't pay the bills. You know what I mean? So I see mm -hmm. what you mean. And like, that's when Gary said, if it doesn't pay the bills or if it doesn't do anything for you, then maybe you should quit it. And it's like, I get that mindset as well. But the one thing I've learned from him is that there's three things I learned this concept called gap. I talked about my last podcast, so I'll be quick. Gratitude, accountability, and perspective. If you yep. can have gratitude for what you're doing, hold yourself and your people accountable. It keeps you all grounded. That gives you a good perspective on life. And if yep. you do that, I think you'll, you'll very much be successful in your ventures. You know what I mean? Hell yeah, bro. And fucking like, bro, like you just stated, man, it's not paying the bills now, but bro, just like meeting you from the time I met you, bro, to just knowing who you are. We don't obviously, we, we've never, we don't really, kick it to where we go out and get a drink together or something yeah. but just no, i i can definitely tell you bro just from the hustle you have the mindset you got bro it might not be paying the bills now and to be honest it might not ever that's the mindset we all got to accept but i i firmly believe that the passion you have just for music as a whole is going to pay them bills for you much love, bro. And that's why i had you on here cuz i truly believe the same thing with y'all man. You guys' music is going. You guys are really really out here working hard. And you're, you're a student in Cato, yes, still killing it. Like I was in Winona, so keep going. The last thing is, like you said, got that Ring Ring video coming out. Probably this will be released in from this time, two weeks. So I'm assuming yep. it'll be out already. All y'all go push and follow Jake Giller. Ring Ring's that shit. Follow his music, man, because a lot of people in the city believe in him, and I think he'll be doing big things. Anything yes, you want to say to the people, Jake? Hey, man, just uh, shout out to everybody, man. Shout out to Minnesota as a whole. It's all love. Always will be loved. Shout out to Kevlo. Shout out to CLM, Waterwave TV, Ill Cartel. Man, shout out to everybody that's trying to make something out of themselves in this city. 11th Ave, where I can keep going. But uh, at the end of the day, love yourself, never give up, and always try to be positive. Times might get hard, but you'll make it through. Much love, bro. You have a good day. Good, well said. Waterwave TV, man. Thank you, everybody, for all the love you've been showing to Kev's perspective. I hope you guys pick up the gems that are being dropped in these conversations. Please go subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Kev's Perspective. Again, don't forget that comma. Go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review on the very bottom. I'd love to hear your feedback. And for any kind of guests you want to hear on the podcast, go follow me on Instagram. It's at Kev's Perspective Podcast. Again, it's at Kev's Perspective Podcast. Thank you for listening and keep supporting. Cheers.